0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. We got Jay's Jumpers, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Rance, Joe Johnson's, Jaw Raffs, of course. We've got Jays, we got him for days. Josh,
1: how are you doing? I just sat there yesterday watching Steph just. He just could have I mean, he can just do that for another five years, right?
0: And I at that a, level, maybe not five, but like three or four. Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, it's just weird because it's I've always been fascinated by this part of what is he going to look like in his late 30s? Because, right, he's the opposite of Russell Westbrook or Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. It's not based on athleticism at all. It's all about, obviously, his shooting. He just decided to drop 50. It's that dude is. It's, I feel like he's gonna be the one even more than LeBron. It's hard to explain just how good he was.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's probably fair. I think. Well, you know, the thing is, it's not, and it's not just his shooting; it's his conditioning. As long as he can run in right, circles right. for forty eight minutes, then. Then he, cause he's never like until the day he dies, he could be a 40% three point shooter in the right, NBA. Right. He's just right. gotta be
1: able to continue to, yeah. So maybe right. he can't play the minutes, but right. As, and, and he very much knows that, you know, you watch him in the timeouts, he just sits there doing absolutely nothing very intentionally right. to make sure his, yeah, I just, I don't see why he couldn't do it for another three, four or five years. Right. As long as that's, and that's completely in his control, right? It's just conditioning. And obviously he takes great care of his body because. He just doesn't look any different than I guess that's the thing for me. He doesn't look that much different from a playing standpoint than he do, did a decade ago. And LeBron obviously he looks not. better
0: in every single way than he did a decade ago. And that's every fair. single you know, the decade.
1: Way. Yeah, that's true. And you know LeBron obviously a little bit older, but you can tell that LeBron's not as great as he still is. He's not the same player, right? Steph just yeah, he just seems to kind of keep getting better. It's a terrifying thought. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I heard someone talking about it, and all that all that long ago is—is is Steph just an objectively better player than he was when he wasn't a unanimous MVP? Doesn't necessarily mean it was a better season, because it wasn't. And he probably was, like, there. I guess like a unanimous MVP is a pretty, pretty convincing argument for why he was better, you know, in 2016 or whatever. But he's definitely got a deeper offensive game than he used Mm -hmm. to. And he's bigger now, bigger for like he's stronger than he used to be. And I mean, if you told me that Steph Curry is going to play NBA basketball for 10 more years, I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) right now. He's not going to be this version of Steph Curry for 10 more years. But if he's still playing 16 minutes a game and averaging, you know, 12 points and knocking yep. down 45 percent of his threes at the age of 42 i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised at all because he can just turn like to my point that i've already made as long as he can still run around the, the gym yep. and like he's going to be able to make threes it's not going to go away
1: right oh, he's and gonna it, be doing that when he's 55 yeah right exactly i so, guess the question is maybe defensively then right can he Still defend, but if you're only playing sixteen minutes a game, does it really matter? You know,
0: it doesn't. No,
1: it's yeah. Just what he did yesterday was something else. He is,
0: you know, and I've had this conversation with people the last couple weeks about, you know, the talent level in the NBA is so deep right now. But there are, I've decided there are five players in the NBA that you can truly count on them having a, like, elite game when you need it. There are only five.
1: Okay.
0: Do you want to guess the five? Steph. Steph is one of them. Giannis. That's correct. Giannis is another. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler
1: is three.
0: (laughs) There are two more.
1: Hmm. LeBron.
0: LeBron is still on the list. Yes, that's fair. I think you can still count on LeBron to have a very good game when you need him to. Yeah. And there's
1: one, one more. more. Mm-hmm.
0: The best scorer ever.
1: Oh, Kevin Durant.
0: Yeah, those are the five. Those are the five that no matter what the circumstances are and Kawhi would be on this list if I ever had any faith that he'll like play in another meaningful basketball game ever. Right, that he won't let like, that he'll like make it through an uh, another NBA series in his entire another playoff mm-hmm. series in his entire. Oh, NBA he's career. ridiculously.
1: If you look at just his playoff numbers, they're ridiculous. Yeah, right. but he's not on the floor.
0: But right. I can't I can't right. count on him to make it through an entire series and get to the game where you absolutely need Kawhi to have you know thirty five.
1: I feel like Embiid might have put himself in that category. Now you got some injury concerns, but not to the extent of Kawhi. In terms of, I trust Embiid to show up in a big game.
0: Embiid is is historically seventy five percent of his regular season. He's in the same category as James Harden for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, and he's also he's he's got one foot in the James Harden category and one foot in the Kawhi Leonard category. Sure.
1: It's a it's a yeah. weird combination. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't have faith in him to be healthy to be uh, to be uh, rested or healthy enough mm-hmm. late in the series to to put him on that list. But sure. the point being he, is that he
1: doesn't have the signature moment that those other guys do.
0: Yeah. The, the point was, just, and this came about, I think it was because of one of Jason Tatum's performances in the in the Hawks series. Not that mm-hmm. they ever actually like really needed it because they they did like they weren't going to lose that series. But. Tatum just Tatum disappears sometimes, and there's a very real argument that Jalen Brown is the better playoff Celtic. Between the two of them, so that's where the the conversation kind of sparked because there's always so much talk about how deep the league is, and it's true. But the list of guys that you know for sure you're going to get a performance from, and you when you absolutely need it, is five guys, at least for my money.
1: Yeah, I would definitely go to f- those five guys first. I agree with your general sentiment there.
0: But he is ridiculous. He's absolutely he's he's absolutely insane. He is he is the most and it's crazy because kevin durant plays in the nba right now and steph is still the most unguardable player in the league
1: oh without a doubt yeah Yeah.
0: and and kevin durant is seven feet and has the skills of 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 a high level scoring shooting guard
1: right i mean they might be the two most unguardable players in the history of the league
0: it's probably it's probably up there. I hesitate to make those kind of statements without including players like, you know, prime LeBron and Michael Jordan. Jordan but sure. and yeah. some of those other big guys that played in the, you know, I guess that's fair. Shaq
1: and, might be the Shaq might be the most yeah. unguardable player too.
0: Shaq, fair. Will, <laughs> all of those other guys. Yeah. I, I, I hesitate to not make too many declarative statements like that, but but right now Steph is it's deflating. It 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 really is. Yeah. You, there's just nothing you can do. No. 20 of 38, seven of 18 from three 50 points. And that's what I was saying. If they got to a game seven, I don't care where it is. You can play it on Mars and the Warriors don't have their own oxygen. They just have to like hold whatever oxygen was in their lungs at the beginning of the game for the entire game. And I still might pick the Warriors to beat whichever team gets a steady flow of oxygen on Mars for game seven. Uh, but uh, now we have Every Alabama football, Yankees baseball, Lakers <laughs> Warriors favorite series because we're we're gonna get LeBron and stuff. Like I, I saw someone say one last time, which is, I mean, I guess they could end up playing each other in a first round series at some point in the next couple of years, but it kind of feels like maybe this is the last time that LeBron is potentially. Like near the peak of his powers, but he's also dealing with a foot injury that usually takes people six months to come back from. Anyways, Lakers Warriors in the second round. I I I mean, we're all we're now the I'm now the biggest Denver Nuggets fan of all time because I just. Yeah, but if he gets if he gets another one, if stuff gets another one, then we're officially we're officially in like all time greats. Period. No qualifiers. Conversation Mm -hmm. if he gets if he gets another one. Anyways, Transfer Portal is there are a lot of guys that are still deciding where they're gonna play college basketball next year. And I know I said last week that there were some guys that have made a decision, which is true, but we have a list of 10 guys here that are still making decisions about where they're gonna play college basketball next season, and this list of guys you could put together two very good starting fives with, oh, with yeah. the 10 guys we have on this list. The exercise today is simple. We don't have any interest in trying to, we're not a crystal ball. We don't have any interest in trying to guess where these guys are going to end up.
1: We're no, no fun. interest.
0: No, absolutely no interest. We'll leave that up to the people who, who transfer portal recruitment, that kind of thing is their thing. And the people who are paid to talk and write about these particular teams and are much more honed in on those things and have the sources that that we just don't. It's way more fun to just decide where these guys we'd like for them to play, which which teams. And then like as far as I'm concerned, you should take that as gospel as far as I'm concerned, but uh, not everybody does. That's fine. Whatever. I'm not too upset about it, but that's the exercise. We have 10 players here and we 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 did pick from the list because I mean Butler alum I'd love for Hunter Dickinson and Tyler Perry and Jordan Dingle <laughs> to all come to um to all come to Butler, but of course that's not going to happen. So the list of which uh, the the list that we could pick from for each player generally schools that They've been connected to at some point or another, whether it's they've made a declarative statement about who their list is. They've tweeted out pictures on social media with them wearing uniforms from that from that particular program Mm -hmm. sources, connecting them crystal ball, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, That was kind of the. That was kind of the, the list from which we could choose so that we're not just going completely out of left field and the conversation not being worth anything whatsoever. <laughs> so 10 players, Josh, I have them in the list of, of which you texted them to me. So they should be in the same order as long as that's the order that yours are in. And we can just move right through them. Shall we?
1: You know, I, I really messed with your brain and I put them in a scrambled order to send them to you. <laughs>
0: well that you you played yourself because i i i'm driving i'm driving the car right now you know what i'm saying like we can you can you can try to take the wheel but we might we might turn off into the
1: ditch you know there's actually a coded message in there i'm disappointed you missed it okay so
0: h t j t j oh that doesn't spell anything i checked Starting with the very tippity top of the transfer portal and the number one player pretty much on everybody's list of transfers this offseason is Michigan big. I guess former Michigan big Hunter Dickinson. This guy is everywhere. He's on campuses all over the country. Most recently it was he's at Villanova taking a visit. But every big name that you can think of wants Hunter Dickinson's services in twenty twenty three-24 and he's gonna have some very blue programs to pick from if uh when he decides where he's gonna play college basketball next year. Indeed. Where do you what 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 school do you want stapled to Hunter Dickinson's chess next year?
1: This might have been the second easiest one for me to decide. Okay. Uh third third easiest. Okay. There's one that was just so obvious to me. The other one's But this one was up there in terms of I didn't have to think too hard. Georgetown. Interesting. Why? I want Georgetown slash Ed Cooley to be good and relevant. College basketball is better when Georgetown is good. I want Ed Cooley to have success. They need him in a way these other teams don't. Kansas is going to be just fine without him. Villanova is going to be fine without him. Maryland's already got a good team without him. And a team that had success last season Mm -hmm. and is headed in the right direction. Now, does he change Maryland's ceiling from good Big Ten team to potential, you know, top 10, 15 team in the country getting into a Big Ten title conversation? Yeah, that's a possibility. There's a reason all these teams want him. And does he, you know, elevate Kansas to potentially number one team in the country? Yes. Yes. But the program he can do the most for in terms of just momentum, getting things off on the right foot for Ed Cooley, it's it's Georgetown. I don't want to make Kansas surprise. I also just
0: I'm stunned.
1: Yeah, I know. For a If, if, of if
0: Kansas ends up on this list for you in any way, <laughs> shape or form, I'm going to call you a liar right here on the podcast.
1: <laughs> so to me, I didn't have to think hard about this. I want to see Georgetown back. I want to see Georgetown good again. And Hunter Dickinson can be the first step toward that happening.
0: You know, uh Georgetown is the only team that I can count on to finish worse in the Big East than Butler. So I don't I've no interest <laughs> in Georgetown being better because I I got too many people in my what mentions already. A, a, Butler hasn't beaten anybody named Georgetown other than Georgetown and DePaul since the 2019-20 season in the Big East. I need as many as I can get. Sure, sure. Okay. I've got I've already got people in my mentions telling me that Butler's move to the Big East was a mistake. 6 tournaments since they since since yeah, they came uh, to the Big East, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um six tournaments in ten years. It's it's whatever. I don't I don't need Georgetown to I, like can we hold off on can we hold off just a little bit? <laughs> um this one was easy for me. I want him to go to Villanova. Because I I want I want Yukon's run. I want Yukon's return to the top of the Big East and Villanova's Powerhouse Fortune 500 at John at John Rothstein type of status to overlap. Sure, yes. I don't want Villanova to kind of regress into a just top 4 type big east program. I want those two teams to have to go at it over and over and over again and win 6 17 18 games to tie outright win the Big East. That's that's what I want to see. And UConn is rolling. UConn yeah. is going to be, if not the number one team in the country pre- preseason next year, it's going to be top two, three. And Hunter Dickinson, when you add him to the fact that Justin Moore is on his way back, that you've already got guys coming in the portal like TJ Bamba and Hakeem Hart, Hunter, Hunter Dickinson, adding adding Hunter Dickinson to that equation would officially launch Villanova back into national relevancy after their after their year off in the first year of, of Kyle Neptune. And I just, like, I think that's fun. I think those two teams going at it kind of at the peak-ish of their powers would be fun.
1: I'm with you. I just used a different player to get to that point.
0: Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. I'm in with that. That's fine by me. But uh, let's go Villanova. It's so funny. You you scroll through Twitter and like eleven different people have tweeted the same picture, and it's impossible to find out which guy actually tweeted the picture first. It's Hunter Dickinson on Villanova's campus, getting out of a a blacked out SUV. And it's like Hunter Dickinson is on campus and there are a million different Twitter pages tweeting the exact same picture. I am like, I wonder who who tweeted that first. I wonder which which person actually I suppose if I cared enough, I could go through the timestamps. But uh, if you didn't know, you just have to type in Hunter Dickinson on camera. You could see the picture in 11 different places. So Hunter Dickinson in the Big East. Let's 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 put him in the Big East. At least at least we can we can put him under that umbrella. Next. Bucket getter from North Texas, Mr. Tyler Perry playing with my feelings. I understand that at one point he I, I think may se- it's May 1st right now. It's May. It, it's Monday morning uh, on May 1st. And I think he is scheduled to commit on Tuesday, May 2nd. I Somebody was. I think
1: it was him. Yeah. I think
0: it's him. But he keeps playing with my feelings because when I'm half paying attention to what I'm looking at scrolling through Twitter <laughs> and I see Tyler Perry in a Kansas State or a Kansas or a Texas or a Miami, sorry, not Miami, Florida, uh, Florida, Jersey, um, I, I immediately go to, oh, there we go. And then it's hashtag not committed. Stop playing with my feelings like <laughs> that, bro. Stop playing with my feelings like that.
1: He's just, That's to, he's just trying to draw you in.
0: I guess. Well, Tyler Perry has not yet committed. He will do that in 24 hours or so when the podcast comes out, this, this was the easiest one for me. Same. Okay. Three, two, one.
1: It
0: ready. Oh, three. Oh, wow. You're (laughs) saying, do you not understand the premise of three, two, one? Yes. But the answer, the answer is Kansas state. This one was pretty easy. Uh, Already in the, the region at, at North Texas, just, just take a, a trip across the state lines uh, up to Kansas State, up to the Little Apple, go play for Jerome Tang, 17 points, three rebounds, two assists last year. And uh, and, and it's been a slow offseason for Kansas State in the portal. It's not like there have been several, like, ooh, names connected to that program, and it, it hasn't bared any fruit yet. And as we've discussed it, it, late in the season and – the sort of the next step in Kansas state's niche in college basketball. That's that can't be happening. And Tyler and Tyler Perry committing there and going to play for drum Tang would, would a be a blast and b be a step in that right direction of that conversation. We've had multiple times.
1: I was so excited. I couldn't wait for the countdown. Sorry.
0: (laughs) He was so excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Kansas state needs him one for the reason you just said. And two, from Tyler Perry's perspective, you just saw, and Tyler Perry is definitely bigger than Marquise Noel, but Tyler Perry is not a big guard. You just saw what Jerome Tang did with a small, a guard that's even smaller than you. Clearly, he can make this work, and he can get the most out of an electric player like Tyler Perry. And also, I want to see Tyler Perry be free. And there might not be a coach in the country better at letting guards be free than Jerome Tang I mean Mm. to the point where I was upset with Marquise Noel because of some of the decisions he was making he was so free Mm -hmm. I want to see what this guy can do at the highest level and that there's an opportunity at Kansas State for a variety of reasons that just to me doesn't exist anywhere else he's looking at yeah I didn't have to think for two seconds about this
0: the only downside to Tyler Perry going to Kansas State is he's not from the, the state of New York. It's the only, it's the only. Sure, issue. sure,
1: sure. There is that. Now, that needs now to be he's addressed. from
0: Fort Coffee. Are you getting me? <laughs> Fort Coffee, Oklahoma? Sure. I'm in. I think they have good coffee. In I was going to say, what
1: kind of coffee do they have at Fort Coffee?
0: <laughs> I would bet that they don't, that, that Fort Coffee is not known for their coffee. That would be, I would bet. be surprised. That's too, that's, that's too much of a layup.
1: And if you're just thinking, if it's, if this is some kind of military installation, you know, not exactly known for a coffee. Gotta be right. Gotta be right. <laughs> I would think Man, so. The
0: military might be known for bad. Have you ever seen in like a military movie, a, a, a general get a cup of coffee and be thrilled with this cup of
1: coffee? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. There's Never.
0: <laughs> Fort Coffee is a town in LaFleur County, Oklahoma. It was named for U.S. General John Coffee, a veteran of the Seminole Wars. It is part of oh. the Fort Smith, Arkansas, Oklahoma Metropolitan Statistical Area.
1: Well, okay. Maybe there is some hope for the coffee then.
0: Interesting. The more you know. There you go. <laughs> so it's way, it's like right there, like it's right there on the, on the, Oklahoma Arkansas state line, okay, just south of Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Shouts to shouts to Fort Coffee and shouts to General John Coffee. Sure, amen. But Tyler Perry, let's get you to the Little Apple. Let's get you in a Kansas State uniform. Also, the Kansas State uniform he took the pictures in. Money. It's like <laughs> a baby purple kind of thing. Is that a thing? Like, is is is. Can we can we manifest that if that's not a thing, right? Sure. Baby blue, the light blue, baby purple. I'm in. You Those really are the...
1: you are a big fan of the between Villanova and Kansas State. You're really a really big fan of the baby colors.
0: Yeah, Villanova's colorway is undefeated by any team in the history <laughs> of ever. Just objectively. Okay, moving on. Jordan Dingle, a late addition to the transfer portal, late-ish, from Penn. Holy bucket getter. 23 points per game on pretty efficient numbers. And especially when you narrow it down to the guys who are the highest use guys, we're talking like 600 plus offensive possessions. He's he's up there in terms of efficiency. Of course, there's only a certain level of efficiency you can get to, to when you're taking 17 shots a game, unless you're, you know, Michael Jordan playing in the Ivy League. But 23 points per game, second leading scorer in the entire country. Where would you like Jordan Dingle to go to school? This has to be Villanova.
1: We got some flexibility with this one because this is giving some bite. Like you said, late to the process, so it's still in the early stages here. Yeah, I was going to say, let's go put Jordan Dingle in your favorite color wheel here. You did it with, with Hunter Dickinson. I did it with Jordan Dingle, but the thought is the same. You get one big-time difference maker out of the portal in addition to the guys you've already added. And this Villanova team could be really, really good. I want Kyle Neptune to have that chance. Because last season, by the end, I would argue it went from the general perception being, I don't know about this anymore, to, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Right, They did figure things out once they got healthy. You and I were not concerned about it at any point. Mm-mm. But he showed enough at the end of last season to believe that this thing is still headed in the right direction. You don't have to worry about this being some mistake after Jay Wright. Now, the next question is, like you talked about earlier, can you get a team together that isn't just good enough to make the NCAA tournament, good enough to be near the top of the Big East, but... Back to where you expect Villanova to be, going toe to toe with UConn, mm-hmm. and yeah, you get one of those two guys. Now you you have that possibility. So I decided it was going to be the guy who is already you know in the general vicinity. Just head a little bit west, go from Penn to Villanova,
0: mm.
1: and let's let's have an amazing top of the Big East and see those two teams go at it. I'm right there with you.
0: All right, tri- first trivia time: Who's the leading scorer in the country last year? You get one guess.
1: Newt. Max A. Smith. Mm. Oh, it's Antoine Davis.
0: Yeah. The follow-up trivia time. So so second in the country, 23.2, I think, points per game. Jordan Dingle? Hold on. I have it up. 23.4. How many more points did Antoine Davis average? Basically, I'm asking you, how many points did Antoine Davis (laughs) average last year?
1: I'll say 26.6. 28.2. Twenty-eight point two. Oh,
0: so the the little uh, expand all my leaderboards. Uh, so it only takes me to ten, the top ten. So the rest of the top ten after Jordan Dingle, Darius McGee, Elijah Pepper, Jordan Walker, Zach Eady, Tavian Kenzie, Kendrick Davis, Max Asmus, Josh Cohen. Dingle and Cohen two to ten. Dingle and Co- Dingle Cohen. Dingle and Cohen sounds like a. Sounds like a law firm Law
1: firm. Absolutely. Where
0: are you going to work after college? Dingle and Cohen. Yep. I'm in. I'm so in on that. (laughs) Um, They're separated by 1.6 points. And Dingle is (laughs) 4.8. Basically five whole points on average behind Antoine Davis. Bucket getter. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: And none of it matters because he fumbled the bag and didn't score 22 points in his last college game. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm not upset about it. It's a shame. It is a shame. Anyways, um, I. uh, I wanted to be like, hey, I want Jordan Dingle to go to Villanova, but then I'm just kind of plopping Hunter Dickinson and Jordan Dingle, and I'm effectively (laughs) turning them into my proxy butler. I just want him to go somewhere where his strength of schedule is going to be crazy and we can watch Jordan Dingle play against the best teams in the sport. I read somewhere that his dad was a part of the UMass team that Cal coached.
1: Yes, which is interesting. Strong Kentucky connections, which is interesting. I just thought Kentucky had enough already.
0: I'm not totally sure Jordan Dingle wants to go to Kentucky. I I mean, in terms of a yeah, Mm -hmm. in terms of in terms of like, if I'm going to try to prove to people that I'm an NBA player, right? I'm not sure you're going to get the run that you need to do that. Nope. At Kentucky. But to avoid the Villanova homerism that I have. I just like give me wh- whichever team after the schedules come out has the best strength of schedule. <laughs> put him <them> there. <laughs> if it's Villanova, great. I think Kentucky would be fun just because like like if he would end up being one of the two best players on a Kentucky team with all of these five star freshmen. And it's this guy that just transferred from Penn. That's actually one of the best players on your team. That's sick. I'm in. But I also wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't blame him if he's like, yeah, I don't want to go to the place that's got a bunch of guys that have already been promised playing time. Yep. So, yeah, I guess I want him to go to Villanova. Can we just put all of these guys on Villanova? (laughs) Sure. Do we have any objections there?
1: I mean... Certainly no objections. You know who's probably gonna end up with the number one strength of schedule. Who? Kansas.
0: Yeah, but we don't. We Kansas is talk about a team that doesn't need that. Just you stop it.
1: Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I'm just telling you. If you want him to go look up at the strength of schedule and then make his his decision, you know Kansas is in on all of these guys.
0: Can he, he spend so like? Can he spend the first half of the year at Gonzaga as they do all of their? <laughs> Like we we play in the West Coast Conference, we need then, to get our strength then, of schedule and then, go up and, then, and, then else. and then transfer di- or like during Christmas and go to the Big East,
1: or <laughs> is that allowed? That's allowed, right? I mean, he could probably get some kind of waiver at this point, right?
0: Right. At this point, it's you know, my toe really hurts, and my toe doctor's in just outside of Philadelphia. Can I transfer to Villanova? Sure. I'm in. <laughs> Jordan Dingle really going to be fun to, to watch him as as part of the big, uh, the, the tippity-top of the college basketball world next year. Wherever he ends up, it will likely be on a team that uh, both receives plenty of coverage and will likely be good because of his, if not because of his presence, in part because of his presence. Yeah, he
1: might be the last guy that can kind of swing preseason rankings and change kind of the vibe heading into the season unless he makes a decision real quickly, just because a lot of these guys are farther along in the process because they've been in the portal way longer. But in terms of an impact, he's up there with the, the very best of them remaining. Right. So if he's kind of the last big name to commit, he might be the last guy. If he ends up at Kansas, if he ends up at Villanova that you feel differently about that team because that player came in. Yeah, definitely a name to keep an eye on.
0: Trey white USC. Interesting player. Interesting player, and there are a lot of teams jockeying for the services of Trey White. Trey White, as a big six-seven guy with some guard skills, not a great three-point shooter, but still had a really solid freshman year for Indian Enfield at USC. Where do you want to see him end up, Louisville? Interesting.
1: It seems I mean, like wow. it's headed in that. Seems like it's headed in that direction. He was reportedly on campus over the weekend. I just want Kenny Payne to have a chance. That's really what this is about. They just There wasn't enough talent last season. And so now you're talking about, okay, you bring in Sky Clark. If you land Trey White too, now you're starting to, to build something here and build something with guys that have a lot of eligibility remaining. That's really as deep as I went on this. I just want Louisville to have some talent because I feel bad for Kenny Payne.
0: Fair. He's only been there for twelve months. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, but,
1: but they can't point. be that bad again. You can't they just probably allow that won't to... be that bad again. No, they probably won't be. Right, you can't just allow that to happen a second year in a row if you're Louisville. As much as I am anti firing coaches.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. That probably you probably don't get to survive too much longer if you let it happen twice.
1: I agree, though. They should be much better this season. So that's that's a positive. Um,
0: I ended up with Alabama here because I think Trey White like slashing and playmaking all over the place <laughs> as a 6'7 doesn't guy. doesn't fit
1: Nate Oates' philosophy.
0: Yeah. or just just that, but that could also, I think, fit Nate Oates' philosophy. Right, right, right,
1: right. I, I didn't mean that as an, I meant that as a positive, not a negative, right, I kind right. of phrased. Yeah, no, right, no. To, to offer something different.
0: Right. Yeah. I think he would could be a guy that... I saw someone describe him as a keep the defense on as three-point shooter. I didn't realize that 26% three-point shooters were keep the defense (laughs) on as three-point shooters. That's interesting to me. But he's certainly not a shooter, but I think he could coexist around a bunch of shooters and add a little bit of balance. Like he could be a guy that could be effective around a bunch of guys that just shoot it a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Slashing, getting into the paint kicking out that kind of thing and might even accidentally bring some balance and some a little less dependence on the three pointer to Alabama. So that was kind of the thought process there. He'd been connected to Alabama, saw in a couple different places that the Tide are making a real push to 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 get him on campus and I think that would be fun. And he as a as a long athlete like that, <laughs> I think he just would make sense in an Alabama uniform.
1: It's got to be Alabama or Arkansas, right?
0: (laughs) Right. I can't believe I just openly asked for a talented athlete to go to Alabama. Like there aren't enough of those already. Speaking of Alabama, anything else in Trey White? No. Speaking of Alabama, Jaden Bradley. Leaving Alabama, which I think is a mistake whatever NATO's needed to do to keep Jaden Bradley there. Uh, because it sounds like, and there are a couple of guys on this list that is just like, yeah, that guy just wants to get paid as much money as possible to play college basketball next year. It kind of seems like Jaden Bradley falls on that list. And so the list of teams that are going to be able to do that for him uh, narrows as a result. It seems like there's one team that was the front runner it was a done deal and it hasn't happened yet and it's a little awkward that it hasn't happened yet and that's the Memphis Tigers a team that has guys coming and going all over the place and plenty of transfers like they always do but a team that doesn't have a doesn't have a point guard yet and a guy like Bradley that can pass the way that he does and showed that albeit in a relatively limited role last year at Alabama. That's where I, I, I just kind of went with the flow there. I think it would be fun to see him on the Memphis roster next year with all of these other guys they have coming in. It doesn't look like he'd have to do a ton of competing for that position. And I think it would be fun to have a guy facilitating around all of the arms and legs that are going to be (laughs) playing for memphis next year
1: i went in a different direction hit me arizona
0: yeah that was the other way it was either well and nc state was the other team on this list and i was like that's boring don't go to nc state that that was the immediate reaction i had
1: i mean those cars last year weren't boring
0: yeah but nc but it's still they still didn't matter (laughs) it was still just like yeah nc state no, that, that's the point. From, from, not, okay, from a not national... that you can't not that you can't be exciting as a player at NC State, but ultimately you're just probably not going to be that important at Memphis. You national, could be the sure, right. sure,
1: yeah. In, in, and at Arizona, you don't you could have be a quite top as much team. talent. Yeah, you don't have that much quite as much. I mean, they're going to have Kevin Keats is going to have difficulty replacing all of those pieces from last season that are turning professional, specifically that backward. And yeah, yeah, just kind of moving on from that was a really good team and to your point they weren't exactly yeah, the talk of college basketball. Right. Yeah. All right. That's part of it. And also just let Tommy Lloyd do his thing. He's so good at talent talent development and just you know, I'm thinking what Ben Matherin became. Now Mm. Jane Bradley, not Ben Matherin, different types of players. He's not that dynamic offensively. But I love Jaden Bradley's game. I was really impressed with him last season. To me, if there's somebody who can kind of get the most out of him, it's somebody like Tommy Lloyd. He's going to continue to get to play in that high, high octane, you know, up tempo offense. So that mm-hmm. transition won't be too difficult for him. Arizona could use some defense, he would provide that. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a good fit to me. So that's where I went with that one.
0: Yeah, I can throw that to that tempo. thing's Good. I'm gonna take that too. Memphis also <laughs> top 25 in tempo last year. I'm gonna take that. I'm in. I'm in. No, that would be fun. In Arizona, one of those teams, you know, part of part of what's helpful about this exercise is is familiarizing yourself with where some of these teams sit currently in the offseason. And you it just sort of assumed that Arizona had made a couple moves, right? You saw Kirk, Chris, leave just kind of assumed that the Wildcats and Tommy Lloyd had made a, a, an impact on the portal in some way other than that. And they hadn't really, they're just kind of sitting and it's not like there's not plenty of time. And a guy like this would be very helpful, but Arizona is one of those teams. that's like, Oh, they've, they've, they've not done a ton yet. And a guy like Jaden Bradley would be would be a fun and be a a foundational piece of any rebuilding's not the right word, but any uh, reinforcing that Tommy Lloyd does to his roster
1: this off season. Mm-hmm. Next we, we, we you tell Le- me hey, how- kamwa.
0: kamwa, thank you. It's been too long since I heard somebody say his name on a broadcast. I was, I, I was shaking. I I've it. been shaking in my boots for the last thirty-nine minutes about playing, about saying his name, uh, Olivier Kamwa, Tennessee. My, my
1: favorite name in college basketball. In all honesty, it's I pretty love good. His name.
0: It's pretty good. Um, it sounds like Olivier wants to be a professional basketball player. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And I got a
1: solution for him.
0: And he said, "You know what is not great." Is me being on like one of the the most offensively challenged power five teams in the country. Now, to preface the conversation, like if you made me bet on where Kama is going to play basketball, I would not bet on college basketball. Sure. I would bet G League, Europe, something, because it's clear his emphasis is: I want to be a professional basketball player and not that it's a done deal that he thinks the best route to do that is to whether it's to go to the G League or to just go be a professional basketball player somewhere. That's certainly a possibility, but not the point of this conversation. And if he's going to remain in college basketball and prove to the professional ranks of the sport that he is capable of being a professional big he's not doing himself a ton of favors being in an offensively challenged program like Tennessee. And because I think he's got some offensive chops.
1: He was really, really good at times this season.
0: Right. And, and was the best player on the floor against some of the better teams that they played, including Duke in the NCAA tournament. So clearly the potential is there he just needs a place that's going to capitalize on that for him. And it might end up being not college basketball, but if it ends up being college basketball, where would you like to see him? go?
1: Oh, there's one answer to this question. Hit me. Michigan.
0: I'm glad we're on the same page. It's always, it's sometimes I'm like, really, we're on the same page here. And then there are times that you make declarative statements. Like there's only one answer here. (laughs) And then I get nervous, but that's where, that's where I, I simply said, yeah, that's a pretty good consolation prize if you're going to lose Hunter Dickinson, is Kamala. Yeah.
1: Is yeah, this just makes perfect sense for everybody, right? Michigan could really use him. They're thin on the interior. And exactly like you said, who better to develop you and prepare you for a potential NBA career for the NBA draft process? Who better to develop your, I, I think, insanely gifted skill set? Then the guy who, you know, did it for what, a decade and a half into one Howard, his thing is working with bigs, right? That's what he did with the heat. Look at what he did with Hunter Dickinson. This just makes perfect sense to me that if you're going to stay in college, that's your opportunity to really kind of take on a different responsibility, display your skills and there are things that I feel like Jawan Howard can add to your game that you can, that he can tap into that you're not going to get at Tennessee and you're not going to get with coaches who didn't kind of live through this as a player of a similar size and kind of a similar, just, you know, basketball tra- trajectory to a certain extent. Now, Jawan Howard's NBA future was never in doubt. I don't want to make that comparison, you know, <laughs> but just from a getting to the NBA, Juwan Howard knows every step of that process so he mm-hmm. can help Kamo in a way that other coaches who haven't been through that as a big can't.
0: I think you're right. I think you're spot on there. And even if, I think even if Juwan Howard wasn't all of those things, it would still be a good place for him to yes, because yes. it's a, generally an offensive a program that is efficient offensively and does a good job getting the most out of their their players and a place that a big man just excelled right hunter dickinson was a highly ranked recruit coming out of high school but he also excelled as an offensive big at michigan so even if all of those things weren't true I think it's still a good place for him to end up. And then you add the fact that all of those things are true and you get a a pretty nice marriage there for a team that just lost Hunter Dickinson. Ray J. Dennis, Toledo. These are my favorite type of players, by the way. The Jordan Dingles, the Ray J. Dennis is just like, you're a bucket, let's go be a bucket somewhere else. And it seems like, the writing is in the sand about where Ray J Dennis is going to play college basketball next year. And I'll be curious to see if you're cool with that or if you're, if you're fantasizing about a different school. I
1: do believe I'm cool with
0: it. Illinois. Yeah. The Illini, the yes. fighting Illini's, you know, if I told you that on May 1st, 2023, that after I left Illinois, that Andre Carbello, a guy who was like this freshman kind of, I like Andre Cabello kind of guy. He's going to be a season. star next year. Right. Yeah. And then you were going to get a five-star guard in Sky Clark, and neither of those guys were e- even going to kind of work out. And you'd be sitting on May 1st, 2023, and Io DeSumo is still the most recent really like really good slash elite Illinois guard, I'd be a little surprised. Maybe not elite, but if you told me that neither of those guys were really good in an Illinois uniform, I'd be a little bit surprised. It's time for another guard to go and be really fun in the Big Ten at Illinois, and Ray J. Dennis is a pretty good candidate for that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that was exactly my rationale. It's not even that they weren't really good. They haven't had a point guard the past two seasons. Generally speaking, I know Curbelo Played some, but that didn't go well when he was on the floor. Yeah, it's been a disaster at that position. And, right, you say you get a year of Curbelo and a year of Sky Clark. Sounds good to me, and it just didn't work out at all. That's exactly why this should happen. Yeah. You've got some talent there. Can they finally just find somebody to actually be a point guard? that you can rely on game in and game out because Brad Underwood's been searching for two seasons and it looks like he found his guy. And it's yeah. Big thumbs up for this one.
0: Yeah. He's a guy that doesn't just score too. He's he's right. he can actually
1: it. play point guard.
0: Yes. Stuffs it 20, 26 and four is basically what we're talking about. Like that's Frank Mason, Frank Mason, national player of the year numbers granted at Toledo and not at Kansas. But the point is still the same. And I wouldn't be... I'd be willing to venture a guess, and I just looked. He was not in the top 10 of assists per game this year. He's just on the outside looking in. The guy at number 10 averaged 6 assists per game this year. Marquis averaged 8.2 assists per game this year. Stud. (laughs) Stud. But Ray J. Dennis at 19.6 points per game. Just on the outside looking into the top 10 of... Points where I'm sure he's pretty deep. I'm sure there are a lot of guys that average somewhere between 21 and 20 points per game last year. So I'm maybe not right on the outside looking in of, of points, but I'm sure he's in the top 16, 17 this this past year in assists per game. And bringing a guy like that in that can do both would be would be awesome. Yeah. Jerry Collins, 10.1. Tyler Colick, seven and a half. Jalen Pickett's up there dewan harris is up there w that's a w some list. of our oh. favorite
1: players in the country yeah i
0: wonder w why. w list of of college basketball players in the top 10 in assists last year but ray j Day, ray j dennis also davis just rolls off the tongue way better ray yeah. J. Davis. yeah <laughs> i
1: had to do i was thinking the same thing i had to kind of double check that yeah
0: when i when i was typing him into college basketball reference earlier this morning I typed in Ray J. Davis first without even thinking about it. I was like, no, the, wait, that's not his last name. Ray J. Davis rolls off the tongue for obvious reasons. J. Yeah. Day, it makes sense. But Ray J. Dennis, come on down to Urbana Champaign. Next, this is Mr. I want to get paid as much money to play college basketball this year. Mr. Tieran Lawrence, Vandy, Vandy. Fun athletic, six four slasher guy, really nice third year at Vanderbilt. And he's gonna take his talents somewhere else. Where do you want to see him go?
1: I want him going home. I'm going, to going
0: home. Sorry. Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know where I didn't know where Terrence Lawrence was from. Yeah, I'm gonna keep me a buck Georgia. with you. Okay.
1: i seems like that. he's staying in the SEC. So, you know, that Georgia team. Way better than I thought they'd be last season. Mike White got some, got a good thing going. He would be another really nice piece to that. I don't really have more in-depth analysis than that. But let's let's keep building, Georgia. It would be a nice gift for Mike White.
0: I'm in on that. I just don't want to see Bruce Pearl throw a bunch of money at him and he end up at Auburn. That's what that I don't want. That was the
1: other part of it, yeah.
0: That's what I don't want.
1: Georgia feels a little more pure, right?
0: My official pick. Georgia feels more pure. (laughs) My official pick is an SEC school not named Auburn. You want to go to Missouri? There's actually another guy on this list that I'd like to go to Missouri. We've only got two guys, but
1: we're on the same page with that one.
0: but I'd like to see that guy go to Missouri. He's only got three teams on his list and I'd like, and one of them is Auburn and I definitely don't want him to go to (laughs) Auburn. So let's just make sure that no high level guards that play in the Southeast or high level athletic guys that play in the Southeast, that none of them end up at Auburn. Cause there are two more guys like Lawrence included. There's another guy on this list. We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. to wrap up the pod that could also end up there. I don't want that to happen. So Georgia, I'm in Missouri. I'm in just not. Just not. Thank you. But it's pretty funny. It's. Vandy people are mad at Tieran Lawrence. (laughs) Did did you see any of this? Vandy people are mad. They're like sold out, lost all my respect. At some point, I think it might have been the Auburn 247 sports. Page. Somebody wrote tier Lawrence was on campus for a visit with Auburn, and it might be the only visit he needs which everyone on social media took to mean, oh yeah, that check is pretty. The the money coming in is is lucrative. And I'm sure it would be if he if he went to Auburn. But the, but Vandy fans and you can't blame them. Good good fun basketball player plays at Vandy and he just ah, nah, I'm going to go somewhere else. It's, it's not I get it, but they were they're mad at Tier Lawrence on Twitter. I thought that was I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, and see what they're really mad at is nil and the way college basketball works now.
0: That's correct. That's correct.
1: Which, right, uh, completely. I mean, and this is my whole thing yeah, about the
0: next time. Next time that you get a job that is like better paying and a better career move for you, I'm just going to get mad at you. Okay, I'm just going to get mad at you. Right. Right. Okay. Because right, just yeah, so I we're on I'm, the same page.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I don't like any of this either. It just, it is the world that, you know, and this is why my heart broke with Tyrese Hunter, because that's exactly the kind of guy when you get that, that development or in, in Tyrese Hunter's case, just incredible production. You're not necessarily expecting, even though he was a pretty highly touted recruit mm-hmm. and you're excited about what can happen moving forward and the good stuff that, that Jerry Stackhouse is doing. And then all of a sudden you look up and you go, Oh, it's Vanderbilt or it's Iowa state that, No, they just don't have the resources Auburn does. Right. And so there are going to be players who, for completely justifiable, understandable reasons, look at it and go, I'm at a point now where I can get that kind of money because of what I did, and I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It to me it's very it's it's not I'm not disappointed in the players. I'm just disappointed that this is the reality of college basketball, but it is what it is, so we move forward. Right.
0: It is both it is it is both the unfortunate reality and probably the, the justifiable reality.
1: Right. Like you said, it's how it's, it's how it's supposed to work in capitalism. Right. mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the way it works in college sports and literally every other aspect other than the players. Right. It would make less sense if not everybody else was getting rich off of college sports. Maybe at some point the, the players should
1: and if coaches also didn't continually look for better opportunities and right bigger paychecks,
0: correct, correct. You're you're allowed to get mad at the player as long as you get mad at the coach when he leaves your program too. Jalen Tyson, Texas Tech, really one of the better freshmen in in the conference last year, and there were things about Texas Tech's program that that stole the headlines when they were in the news. Other than other than the 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 freshman season that Jalen Tyson put together, ten point seven points, six point one assists as a freshman. This was probably my second easiest. pick.
1: I felt pretty good about this one too. Didn't have where to do be you want to go? It? Cal.
0: That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Don't go to Kansas. Don't go to Kansas. <laughs> what you shouldn't do is go to Kansas. You should go to Cal and be a part of a sneaky good off season for the Bears in yes. Berkeley. For the yes. Berkeley Bears, I'm in. Want, I'm so in.
1: I want good things for Mark Madsen with what he's yes. doing right now. Yeah, yes. they've been doing yes. work in the transfer portal. Yes. And you and it, when it kind of started, I thought, oh, that's cute. And then it kept going. And now you're talking about potentially adding Jalen Tyson too. And now you're going, oh, that's a real basketball team. <laughs> and I will always, to continue the conversation about Vanderbilt, I will always, always, always go to bat for the Vanderbilt's the Northwesterns, the Cows, the Georgia Techs—it's the, the Stanford's, exactly. It's insanely difficult to compete. Now, Stanford has a little bit differently, especially with the Olympic sports, because you know they'll get Katie Ledeckis. <laughs> shouts, basketball... shouts to Stanford
0: men's golf, by the way. Won the Pac-12. Tournament there you go. Yesterday, yep. well done. Yep.
1: See, Stanford shouts. is an athletic powerhouse, just in not when it comes to.
0: When it comes football, to the Olympic sports,
1: men's college <laughs> basketball. Yeah. And women's yeah. college basketball too, right? One of the best programs in the country. Yep. But on the men's side,
0: back-to-back women's golf, not individual national champions.
1: Yeah. yeah. Stanford go all day. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Stanford is the team kind of holding up the conference of champions thing <laughs> in, in a very real way, but it's just so difficult. Basketball, football, and especially on the men's side in basketball to compete when you have all of these. I'm going to call them realities, not hurdles and just a different focus for your university mm-hmm. that right. Cal is not putting in the same kind of effort that insert whatever program here, you know, Auburn is with Bruce Pearl or Texas or Ohio state, or, you know, even right. These these football schools still Alabama, what you've seen them invest with Nate Oates and look at what it's got, you know, They have the resources to do both. Cal is just focused differently. And so it always makes me happy when these schools like Northwestern did last season can remind you that, yeah, you you might not be able to just kind of reload it every single year the way that some of these other schools can. But Mm -hmm. every once in a while, you can have a certain amount of things go your way and you get players to stick around or you find a way to. And it also blows my mind that Cal is having these many, this many transfers. Stanford just basically can't take transfers. Yeah, with very few exceptions. I believe their last one was last season in program history. I could be wrong on that, at least on the men's side. But I just, yeah, I want good things for these academic schools. And so if if Mark Madsen could add Jalen Tyson to what he's already got, all in. And in a yeah. conference where, you know, nobody's going to scare you all that much, UCLA, USC will be good. Arizona will probably be good. But in terms of getting to the NCAA tournament, There are plenty of winnable games there.
0: Yeah. Not predicting Cal to be fourth, but the mountain to be fourth in the PAC 12 versus the other being fourth in the other major conferences is, is not Exactly. exactly the same, but yes, I am. I'm right there with you in, in every way. I'm a big fan of the schools that do not sell their academic, their academic foundations. At you know, for for recruits, I get why because in a lot of ways those there are some of those programs that the money they bring in from sports helps further those academics. I I I get it, but the the schools that refuse to waiver on that um, will always I'll always be be rooting for for sure. All right, last but not least, a guy that I feel like has been in the transfer portal for like four years now. I just feel like it was forever ago that Matthew Cleveland announced that he was entering the transfer portal and he has not ended up at a school yet. I think part of that was just because he was on a not good team last year. So he was entering the transfer portal before some guys were done playing basketball. Yeah, this he season. was ready. He was ready to go. Right. And he is on his way somewhere. It looks like his list is three schools, Auburn, Missouri, and Miami. And this this might have been the easiest one, just because <laughs> I'm tired of Miami getting everybody. You got your final four. Now go sit in the corner and be happy. And I I, I, I just am not a, a Bruce Pearl fan and not an Auburn fan. And not that I'm a Missouri fan, but it's way more fun when Missouri gets high level basketball
1: players than it is when Auburn gets them. And two two big things with this for me. One. I'm also here for the coaches that are doing a good job. Dennis Gates did a phenomenal job last season. Hundred percent spot on he's got yeah, he's got something going here. Just like Mark Madsen's done a terrific job starting at Cal. And, you know, Mike White did a really good job year one at Georgia. Keep building this thing. I want to see how far these guys can go. And same thing with you, right? Kyle Neptune of Villanova. Give I want these guys to have as much possible, you know, as much talent as possible to work with to see what they can do. So Give, give Dennis Gates Matthew Cleveland. Secondly, from a Matthew Cleveland standpoint, I want Matthew Cleveland playing at Missouri because I want to know what Matthew Cleveland can do. And the way that Leonard, utmost respect for Leonard Hamilton, the way Leonard Hamilton runs his program does not maximize players, it maximizes the collective unit. But this is the same conversation we were having about Scotty Barnes and. Patrick, Patrick Williams. I'm making that name up. Yes. Okay. No. Right. These guys are playing 16 minutes a game. Yeah. Because that's just, that's just how it works. That's how Leonard Hamilton runs his program. And he's had an awful lot of success. It's not that it's a bad way to run, but from an individual development standpoint, you're banking so much on potential. Yep. Which is where, you know it's this fascinating conversation of I didn't, you know, do you buy into Patrick Williams? Do you buy into Scotty Barnes? And.
0: And the two, the two things that those guys had going for them is that they played for good Florida state teams.
1: Yes. That too. Right. Playing for
0: playing for a bad Florida state team does absolutely nothing for your draft stock because you can't even say I was, I know what it means to play an important role on a good basketball team. Yes. Yes and i can right. and i've shown the the willingness to do what my coach asks me to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And i have all of these intangibles that you can't teach from a physical perspective, especially when it comes to Patrick Williams and Scotty Barnes. But and Matthew Cleveland has some of that as well, but it's just really unconvincing for you to be able to go to to go to a a program and say, "Hey, I or to go to an NBA team and say, hey, I've got all this potential and I was on a bad college team, but take a chance on me. That's a lot less convincing of an argument.
1: Yeah. And it was supposed to be kind of this, you know, what's the word? I'm looking, the, This continuation where you went from Williams to Barnes to Cleveland and it just kind of didn't happen. It's not that Matthew Cleveland's been bad. But, like you said, he's not in the same, he's nowhere near the same kind of category and conversation those other two guys were after their Florida State careers. So, go get him somewhere where they play fast, they play free. Again, I want to, I want to see some of these guys really just maximize their offensive games, see him at the highest level, see him when they have the, the keys and can really express themselves. Dennis Gates is going to let you do that. I want to see what Matthew Cleveland has because I really like Matthew Cleveland. I feel like there's more there that just hasn't been tapped into yet because of the way Florida State operates. Missouri's going to give you that opportunity to kind of find out exactly who Matthew Cleveland is and what he offers.
0: Agreed. Amen. Anything else? Any any players you need to talk about? Anything you need to get off your chest? Do we want to talk about the ace man? Little Max ace
1: Shout to
0: out Ronnie Terry, yeah. Shout out Ronnie Terry. Shout out Ronnie. Is there ever been a like Ronnie Terry went from assistant coach to 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 like you couldn't not turn him into your full time coach, and he's going after guys like Max Aesmus in the portal, all in like, like King six too. right? All in like four months. Like it was yep. not that long ago that Chris Beard, that it, it was like right around
1: the New Year, right? Yeah, something like that. Right. We went from Texas isn't going to make a coaching change for a decade to Rodney Terry is the acting head coach.
0: Yeah.
1: And right, like you said, you pretty much have to remove the interim part of that and make him your permanent head coach
0: right. real quick. Right, We we went from they're not going to make another coaching change in the next 15 years to, oh, my gosh, they're going to have to do another coaching shirts to, oh, you know what? They're still not going to make another coaching change for the next 15 years. Right, right. In this in four months.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it's super cool. I think it's super cool. And and it wouldn't have been difficult. Like if Texas wanted to, they could still go get a bigger name this offseason granted it gets to the point where it would have been awkward if you had still made a coaching change and that's that's a testament to what Texas achieved after Chris Beard's departure but they still could have done it and for them to not do it and for that program and the coach to to take advantage of the opportunity and not let that kind of derail their season was a big w and absolutely he keeps right on rolling with some some big time additions.
1: That's a, that's another one. Really excited to see what Acemis can do. Now he's playing in the best conference in the country. Let's have some fun.
0: Heck yeah. I'm a little surprised it took him that long to get there. Is that fair? If I told I mean, you he, if I told you that after what he right. did yep in and especially with Kobe, Kevin O'Banner leaving immediately, if I told you that that Max Aasmus was going to make it to a Power Five conference, but it wouldn't be until tw- the twenty three twenty four season, when it was the twenty twenty one NCAA tournament that he did everything that he did, that, I just feel like that was that, that's a long time removed.
1: Yeah, that would have been
0: surprising that it, that it, that props to him, one hundred percent props to him for for sticking around as long as he did. And I think you know everyone would agree that this year's oral Roberts team was better than that year's oral Roberts team. And so testament to him for for sticking it out and seeing that through it's just i I would have if you told me that that was the way it would end up that I would be a little bit surprised that it took him basically that it took him two full seasons to to get to a, to a major conference, not because people didn't want him, but yes. just that, that, that that's what he, yeah. Let me make that clear that, that I'm not suggesting that there weren't people that wanted him to transfer immediately from, from oral Roberts. That's not what I mean. Just that he didn't make the move, the jump immediately after that run that they had in the tournament.
1: Yeah. Right. Got him back a second time. Definitely. You get your final opportunity here and So maybe that was kind of always the plan. Let's see what we can do with Mm -hmm. Oral Roberts. I know I have this extra year and then, right. I do want the opportunity to play high major basketball, play against the best players in the country, have an opportunity for a deep NCAA tournament run. Certainly deserves it. Yeah. and, And if you're, if you're an Oral Roberts fan, a fan of, you know, mid majors, it's not like you can fault him because he clearly did everything possible for that program. Like you said, Not only stayed, but was part of a very, very good team last season that no, didn't have the the NCAA tournament success, but was a much better team. He got Oral Robert, you know, elevated Oral Roberts, and now it's just kind of the end of that era. So
0: Exactly. And now he's gonna get paid handsomely to play college basketball this year. So good for him.
1: Good for him. We'll get to watch him.
0: Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Anything else?
1: I do believe that's it.
0: We might have to add Jimmy Butler permanently to the beginning of this podcast.
1: I, I, I was, <laughs> I was saving it <laughs> until the Heat. I, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then I was going to bring it up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Remember when I told you I wanted no part of that team? <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. And, And, and I just. I don't care if they're a bunch of undrafted dudes. I don't care who they are. I don't want any part of those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. They are just built different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, Bill Simmons spent all year talking about how the heat were, how like you don't want to play the heat and they just kept being bad. And then they were bad in the play in and it kind of felt like it had run his course because the thing he was so terrified about was the Celtics playing the heat and the two seven in the first round. And all of a sudden he's now got to worry about Jimmy Butler in the like conference finals. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, you thought you're going to lose in the, in the first round? No, 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 no. Jimmy Butler is going to come and drop 37 a game on
1: your head in the conference finals. At that least, would be crazy. Now, no, maybe the compromise is. It only, his name only gets added during the playoffs. But it is a mandatory addition okay. during the playoffs. I could be into lose. that.
0: I could be into that because he is mid in the pre in the in the, in the playoffs. Right right, the, right, 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 right. He is right. mid. Is
1: a, yes, but when it gets put, when it gets to playoff time, it's playoff Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need to do, starting with the next pod.
0: I think you might be right. All right, we'll see you and Jimmy Butler next <laughs> week on a, a new episode of the Jays for Days podcast. Until then. Please subscribe to the Jays for Jays Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Jays for Jays Pod, YouTube, TikTok, all of those fun things. And we'll be back on Monday. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Jays for Jays Podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. And we will see you later.